How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for Healthcare Professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. Welcome back, everybody, to How's My Financial Health Doc podcast. Uh, we are now in the beginning of May, and it looks like spring, and things are beautiful,、uh, but we are still fighting COVID and still keeping our physical and social distancing. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about one of the items in the、uh, first. Step of that financial order of operation, and so we're going to be addressing today risk mitigation and a certain type of insurance that I believe we should at least all investigate. Our jobs are difficult;、uh, they require long hours, and sometimes、um, are prone to accidents and are prone to different types of traumas. And so it is important that we get appropriate. Uh, insurance to protect our revenues and income. This podcast is fully dedicated to disability insurance, and、uh, again, I have my good friend、uh, Terry Pitts, who will come and assist us in answering some of the very difficult questions about disability insurance. Today we will have Terry help us answer some of those questions about the different products that exist for disability insurance and how to set one up properly. Let me welcome Terry. Terry, you on the line? I'm here, Boo. How are you doing today? I'm very good. How are things in your neck of the woods? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Sun's out. It's a little cooler. I hear there's a、uh, vortex coming down from、uh, Nunavut, but all. Other things being considered, very good. Thanks for asking. So, thank you, Terry, for joining us today. We're going to be talking about disability insurance. When you meet your clients and talk about the different type of insurances, how do you approach this topic,、uh, Terry? What are the key things that you want to emphasize? Yeah,、uh, I like to let my clients know that I am licensed. In the areas of life, accident, and sickness insurance. So, what I like to differentiate the life insurance from disability and critical illness coverage is that life insurance provides a death benefit, and disability and critical illness insurance provides a living benefit. So, when I speak specifically about disability insurance, I like to indicate that that is insurance for your paycheck. That will provide you with financial security by replacing a portion of your income when you are unable to work because of an accident or illness. So, by providing a monthly benefit, it can help you and your family maintain your lifestyle while you focus on recovery. I definitely see the value of disability insurance, and I have it as well.、Um, I'm hoping never to use it, but I'm glad that I have it. Terry, what are the statistics that? Are supportive of getting disability insurance, and what、um, do people say about how it is being applied? Yeah, so I have some numbers here for you out of、uh, Statistics Canada.
Uh, the risk for the average Canadian male before age 65 to incur disability at age 20, it's 23%. Uh, at age 25, it's 21%. At age 30, 20%. Age 35, 19. And the numbers go down from there. Meaning that the younger you are, the more likely that you will actually experience a disability before the age of 65. The same numbers are pretty well true for Canadian females. Again, these are numbers out of Statistic Canada. But at age, uh, 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 the average Canadian female at age 20 has a 29% risk of incurring disability before the age of 65. At age 25, the number goes down to 27%. At age 30, 25%. And those numbers kind of decrease all the way up to age 60 at 7%. Point taken. The younger you are, the more likely you are going to experience disability before the age of 65. And here's another stat from the Canadian Life and Health Insurance Association. And what they say is one in three people on average will be disabled for 90 days or more at least once before they reach the age of 65. Consider these types of situations. A person spends months recuperating from a car accident or a carpenter breaks an arm while skiing and can't work for eight weeks. Uh, an overworked doctor might take it easy after a heart attack. Chemotherapy saps the energy of a busy store manager. These are likely reasons why someone will need to go on disability. Those are really good examples, uh, Terry. And uh, healthcare professionals are definitely not immune to those type of events. Yeah. And furthermore, Vu, here, here's a breakdown from Manulife on their disability insurance claims uh, from January 2018. 25% were for musculoskeletal. 24% of claims were psychiatric and psychological disorders. 17% accidents. 12% for nervous system disorders. 11% cancer. 4% heart and circulatory system. And the remaining... 5% were miscellaneous. These are all conditions that healthcare professionals can be exposed to. As you know, Terry, um, nurses, um, NPs, and doctors in the front line are at high risk of uh, workplace violence. And so definitely MSK type of injuries are not unfamiliar to us. It is definitely important to uh, purchase uh, disability insurance in my mind uh, because it's one of those uh, risk management tools that we need to um, we need to at least consider. So Terry, when you talk to your clients about this type of insurance, I'm sure they often ask you, you know, what's the benefit of, of getting it and what are the disadvantage of getting it? Do you that do you get those type of questions often? Yeah, I do. And usually what I like to go over with them is the pros and cons. Yeah, think about it. Number one, you've got the pros. Number one, you've got protection for your paycheck. For instance, a 30-year-old making $250,000 annually over their lifetime up to age 65, that's a total of $15 million. A 40-year-old making the same salary, that's still another $10 million that they're protecting before the age of 65. Number two, 
protection for your lifestyle. Well, I just talked about the numbers. If you're making that kind of money, obviously you've set up a comfortable lifestyle for yourself. What happens if you can't keep making money or you don't have that protection? And then number three, it's really risk mitigation. We just talked about the, the numbers and the eventual numbers spelled out in terms of the risk. You need to protect that. So let's go to the cons. What are the cons? What do I hear commonly? Uh, well, it's too expensive. Well, imagine this. You're going skydiving. You're about to jump out of the plane. You want to have the parachute on or not? How much did the parachute cost you? Think about it. Over all the numbers we've just discussed in the last 10 to 15 minutes, do you really want to jump out of that plane without the parachute? That's the same for disability insurance. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I don't do skydiving. But two, if I were to do skydiving, I definitely want a parachute. Okay, then. So let's uh, go right into the meat of the matter then. So I'm sure your clients will ask you, and I've asked my own advisor before, and I believe I've asked you, how is DI coverage calculated? So generally speaking, what a company, uh, insurance carrier will look at, they'll look at your income for the past 12 to 24 months. And then will they'll prorate the expected benefit to about 70% of that income. So you mean they will take 70% of my annual income for the last two years? Yes, that's right. The minimums, there's also minimums and maximums. So a minimum is about $500 monthly benefit, right up to $25,000 of monthly benefit. Again, this will be prorated 70% of your annual income based on the last 12 to 24 months. So as an example, Terry, if I'm a specialist and I make, let's say, over $2 million annually, I can still get only $25,000 per month as a maximum. I can't go beyond that, even though the 70% would dictate that it's above that 25,000. Yes, so the the 25,000 monthly benefit represents someone making a million dollars annually. For those uh, higher earners, there are companies that will step in. I've heard of going up to even 35,000 monthly, but those are usually done on a case-by-case basis. So give me an example of what the costs are, uh, Terry. Just throw some numbers at me. Yeah, let's, so let's look at a um, let's look at a, uh, a typical thirty-five-year-old female making ninety-five thousand dollars a year. Based on that annual income, she'd be eligible for a five thousand-dollar monthly benefit. For that person, she would pay a premium of one hundred and forty-one dollars a month. So this is for a ninety-day waiting period. Uh, And this premium is fixed up to age 65. Correct. That's a locked-in premium. And as well, so the waiting period you did say is 90 days. Additionally, the benefit period would be to age 65. So if that 35-year-old would have to go on claim, she could stay on claim up to age 65. So what if someone makes, uh, let's say, uh, $250,000 a year annually? So someone making $250,000 a year would qualify for a $10,000 monthly benefit. And let's look again at that 35-year-old female. 
for $10,000 monthly benefit, she would now pay $278 monthly. Okay, and uh, what if this is a really um, high-earning uh, individual, and she now makes uh, somewhere in the five hundred thousand a year? Five hundred thousand dollars a year. She's going to qualify for sixteen thousand monthly benefit, and she's going to pay four hundred and forty-three dollars monthly. Now, all this is a base premium, right? We did not even take into account the different riders yet. Correct. We haven't got into that, and I know you want to discuss that coming up. Absolutely, we need to talk about the riders. Now, what about a 35-year-old male? What what does that represent? Now, males pay a bit less for their disability insurance, in the same way that they would pay more for car insurance or life insurance. But in this case, the disability insurance premiums are slightly less for a male. So, for instance, a 35-year-old male at $95,000 a year would qualify for a $5,000 monthly benefit, and that person would pay $76 monthly. And I'm assuming this is based on statistics and actuary actuary data. That's correct, Vu. Based on stats and claim data. So these numbers are based on. Uh, policies that have、uh, no riders, obviously. You also mentioned、um, program for new brand new grads. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great program. I think is a great program for、uh, students coming out of school, recently graduated. So in, inside their first year of graduations, the carriers will offer up to twenty five percent discount. On their premiums. The nice thing about that discount is that they not only carry it in the first; they qualify in the first year, but they carry it much longer beyond that. In fact, they carry that discount right up to age 65. So let's, for instance, let's talk about a、uh, somebody graduating from med school. They will qualify for a 25% discount on their monthly premium, which is what we just talked about. And they will carry that 25% right up to age 65. If you boil it down, it really what it means is they get their fourth year of coverage free. So every four years, that fourth year of coverage is generally free. What this tells me is that it's better to think about、um, investigating these types of insurance early. And like I mentioned earlier in our previous podcast about. The different steps in the orders of operation, risk mitigation and management is definitely one of those things that we need to do to build our、uh, financial foundation. And so, for me, it makes sense to think about this early rather than later, because we actually get the discount, and that discount is、uh, stays with us until age sixty-five. Yes, that's a that's a great philosophy to follow. Start building the foundation early. Now that we know how disability insurance are calculated, and what type of criteria they use, I think it's time to now talk about the different riders because they're important, and they add to the monthly cost of the premium. One of the first riders that absolutely needs to be there is what we call own occupation. So, Terry, when you advise your clients, what do you say about that, and why do you make it so important? So let me let me start by. 
talking about the three classifications of occupation when it comes to disability insurance coverage. You've got any occupation, then you've got your regular occupation, and then you have own occupation, which is an additional rider, usually for professionals. So let me explain any occupation. Any occupation is a provision which allows the insurance company to stop your claim, usually at around the two-year period, if you are able to be gainfully employed in any occupation. What you're saying then, if I'm on disability, but has only any profession or any occupation, if I'm able to sweep the floor and do housekeeping, then my benefits end and the insurance companies stop uh, paying. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. That's that's usually a provision that we see in the average group plan. Okay, then. Um, what if I wanted to get a regular occupation? Can you explain what that means and how do I get that? So regular occupation, is a, it's a rider. And when you put that provision into your plan, it protects the client to stay on claim until they are able to return to their regular occupation. Let me understand this carefully, Terry. In regular occupation, if I am a, let's say, ENT surgeon, and I'm on claim right now, if I recycled myself and go back as a family doctor, can I continue the benefit, yes or no? No, if you're an ENT surgeon, and you go back to work in family medicine, the insurance company will stop paying benefit. Okay, then I'm gonna give you an example on the ENT. So if I'm an ENT surgeon and I'm claiming right now and I'm recycled as a family doctor, what does own occupation allow me then? So own occupation is a rider that allows the ENT surgeon to return to work as a family physician or any other occupation. So if the ENT surgeon now becomes a parking lot attendant, that is still a profession, but as long as he's not an ENT and operating, he can still continue the benefit. Yes, that's exactly what that means. Perfect. So now, Let's end the show with the different riders because we did promise the audience about that. So if you are going to set up a disability insurance for your clients and especially healthcare professionals or even other professionals, what would you say are the top uh, five other riders that you would recommend? And I just want to remind everybody that a rider really is just like an option on your car. So what other options would be beneficial to a disability insurance. So some of the riders are like are the following. Cost of living allowance. So for instance, during your disability, your monthly benefit will be adjusted annually based on the percentage change in the consumer price index. What you're saying is that the benefit is indexed to inflation. Exactly. Next one would be partial disability. For example, you would be considered partially disabled if you were not totally disabled or you were working part-time in your occupation. While you were partially disabled, you could receive 
50% of your monthly benefit for up to 24 months. The next rider is the future insurability option. So what this allows you to do is to actually increase your benefit amount on a regular basis year over year. And this is based on your stated annual income, right? So if my income as an emergency physician continue to increase uh, over the next few years, I can increase my coverage benefit. That's what you are saying. Exactly. The next one I like is called healthcare profession. This one actually comes free of charge for healthcare professionals. And what that says is that you would be considered totally disabled due to sickness if you are infected with HIV, hepatitis B, or hepatitis C infection as a direct result of performing one or more of the duties of your regular occupation. Thank you for explaining uh, all those very important riders because I think as we're very comfortable in getting options when we go and buy a car, we don't really think about options when we go and buy insurance. So I think this is a very important segment to talk about. In our discussion about disability insurance, you mentioned something that is very important to us as healthcare professionals and as it pertains to the agreement that we signed with the insurance company. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that, Terry? Yes. One of the basic policy features is that once issued, the policy cannot be canceled. We call this non-cancelable. And therefore, the, the company or the carrier will not modify or raise the premium prior to age 65. As long as the premium is paid, when due, this period is known as the non-cancelable period. The policy is complete control of the individual that owns it. Thank you very much uh, for stating that very important point. Uh, and today we've talked about age 65 a lot. What happens after age 65? So that's another good question. So policies are conditionally renewable after age 65. So after the age of 65, there could be modified coverage continued on an annually renewable basis as long as, number one, the owner provides a written request 30 days before the expiry date. You're continuing to work full time. You are not disabled. And the premium based on rates then in effect at renewal are paid. So what that means is that the premium you've likely paid, let's say from age 35 to 65, will now go up according to your current age. At age 65, 66, 67, and so on. You will be offered that that policy, you'll be able to carry on coverage. The good thing is that no evidence of medical insurability will be required, meaning you don't have to redo your meds. Okay, so we talked about up to age 65, but now that I'm buying another policy at age 65, up to what years does it go up to? This could go on to up to age 75. I commonly see my colleagues work up to the age of 80 or 82. So what would you say after the age of 75 when the coverage is done? I'd, I'd say at that point, they've really done all they, they had to do. And it's no longer practical or necessary. Thank you very much, Terry, for spending the time with us. 
and take a deep dive into disability insurance. It has really been helpful. I hope you have enjoyed your time with us, Terry, today. Yes, uh, thanks, Boo. It's always a pleasure. Well then, I'm going to call this a wrap and uh, call it a day. Our next session with Terry uh, will be on a different type of insurance. We'll talk about critical illness insurance. Again, another tool to uh, manage risk. And so for now, I'm going to let you guys go and stay safe. Wash your hands, social isolate, and hopefully we'll see much better days in the next few days to a few weeks. Signing off right now. Bye-bye. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.